So, did you guys shoot this weekend? I shot this weekend. Nope. We're off. No, we, we, we've been off for two weeks now. Yeah. I love that. You have, how many more you got for the year? How many more you got for the year? Just, Just one. one. Yeah. Just one? Yeah, same here. Um, we have, and yep. Karis is actually my second shooter. Oh, correction. She's my co-shooter for uh, <laughs> this last and final one. Um, she invited I'm herself. Because, you, you know, what? You're going to be the lead? Whatever. I'm so, your like, lead shooter. <laughs> that doesn't lead. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this this is this is a venue that's kind of near our house. Uh, we had never been there before. Um, it's the you've I been there. Say, I've, I've, I haven't. I've never been. Well, I've never been to the you, ballroom you, part of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a ballroom. What venue is it? Uh, the mansion at Natterar or ninety acres. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's oh, yeah. such a such such a nice venue. It is a that's nice venue, why, right? That's that's why I'm second yeah. shooting for him. <laughs> yeah. She, Karis is gonna she's kill going it. To, to, to get content to make reels so that she yes, can like, steal your yes, potential clients. Yeah. Again, again, she's like, going to end up on the preferred vendor list. Yeah. I was like, okay, I was like so that's messed up, yo. I'm I'm getting to I get to shoot at these bucket list fun venues that I where I want to shoot like I I had on my list for many many years and then you know Kara shows up and then she just uh, blows it out Makes of the water ends up on their list and I get ignored you know <laughs> uh, it's kind of whack Kara will have uh, a reel by the next day but you want, I can't you want wait to hear something to funny it. the uh, there's a planner for this wedding right and the planner was like oh uh, we got some inspo boards uh, I, I hope you don't mind uh, but you know this is what they kind of had in mind for their details and it's basically I don't know if you've seen this trend where uh, the detail shots are kind of, um, it's kind of a slow motion, slow shutter drag, well, kind of blurry. Swirly, swirly details, the direct kind of swirly flash. details yep. and stuff. I like, was like, okay. yeah, that's, that's my the pro. That's my That's a Karis. That's a Karis. <laughs> I, I got them. I got them back. <laughs> that's, that's easy. I was like, damn it. That, like, that's not how I do details, but whatever. If that's what you want. Yeah. I would Karis, do it I in the X. Like, why not? Like, I would still get my normal stuff and then just add those yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I, I, but my style did evolve a little bit uh, in the last couple of weddings out of necessity because I forgot some of my gear at home and uh, I had to shoot <laughs> direct flash. <laughs> uh, so now we got the direct flash, that editorial uh, look that you see in New York City and stuff, that editorial direct flash look and stuff. It's everywhere. So I had to shoot, this, uh, I had to shoot that uh, look for the last wedding that I photographed. It's not my you know normal style. Is? but I, I, I thought about it, why that is trending. I think it's because it's, it's more portable. You travel mm -hmm. light because city weddings, you got to travel light. And mm -hmm. it just it just makes sense. Like having OCF, like setting up big light stands, it's not gonna work in, in the city weddings. Yeah. yeah. It's a pain in the ass to carry. I mean, it's, it's simple too. It's simple and it people yeah. have been doing it for, for over fifty years. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the trend coming back just makes sense, you know? Yep. Yeah. So talking about people who've been doing this for about fifty years, this is a good segue <laughs> to our next guest. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> i was like how are we going to segue this conversation to our special special guest but anyway you guys ready to start this podcast let's do it <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Focus Day Podcast. My name is Ben. I am Karis. This is Jen. 
And this is Roe. <laughs> but anyway, let me give you guys a little bit of backstory. Uh, I first met this guest. Uh, actually, this guest uh, was on my radar for a little while, for a number of years. You know, he he hails from my old stomping grounds of D.C. or D.C. adjacent, right? But for whatever reason, we our paths never crossed until uh, I moved up here to New Jersey. And, and you know, we're both doing this wedding photography thing for a living. But in any case, I, I don't know if our circles actually overlap too much or not. But in any case, I had noticed that, uh, you know, in my feed one day that he was going to be <clears throat> teaching something in uh in barcelona i was like well i mean i would like to meet this guy one day but i i also would like to go to barcelona too <laughs> so so uh so i was like you know what uh babe you want to go to barcelona meet this guy too and she was like yeah let's go do it so um, barcelona so so sure enough barcelona. so sure enough uh we went there uh across uh, the uh, the Atlantic Ocean to meet someone who lives only like three hours away from us. <laughs> well, maybe not three hours, maybe five hours, right? But in any case, ever since then, we've you know we've been friends. I like I like to consider him a friend, a uh, friend of the show, a uh, friend of ours. So anyway, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to our our good friend, Mr. Ken Peck. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ken Peck. Oh, uh, it's my honor, privilege. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> Did you realize I, you influenced someone to travel half around, way around the world for you? I mean, he was part of well, the reason, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, I was like very. Uh, I, I, I was a yeah, very small percentage of his reason, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we get to eat together. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we we had some yeah. productive time together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a fun trip. Yes. Yeah, that was a fun. Was that 2018 or 2019? I want to say it's 2018, 2019. Yeah. Like that. that was right around the time I uh, I rebranded from my old style of shooting to a style that was a little bit more authentic to how um, how I wanted to shoot. You know, did you know that authentic is the word of the year? According to, uh, I don't know what it is. Did you guys see the news? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, the word of the year, Merriam-Webster Dictionary is authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 23 or 24? This year, 23. Oh. Nice. That's the word of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone's tapping into their uh, true self this year. Yeah. So in, in 2018, when I met Ken, that's when I tapped into my true self. <laughs> it's, you know what? Are you are you giving uh, full credit to Ken? Uh, a little bit of Ken. Okay, I'll give some credit to Ken, right? But it was, it was, it was during that year when I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different because I'm burnt out. You know, and I, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced burnout in your in your work. Um, I think Ken may have spoken to this point sometime in, in, in our many conversations and stuff, you know, like, you know, if you don't want to experience burnout, you, you want to continue enjoying this for many, many years. And I think Ken can probably, uh, maybe speak on that today, hopefully about having longevity in this business. You know, how do you maintain that longevity in your business? Cause God willing, I, I'd like to do this. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure Karis doesn't feel the same way, but I would like to do this for another <laughs> maybe <laughs> five or 10 more years if, if, if my body can handle it. Okay. Um, That's it. My, my body's not done. My What's body's that? not going to be able to handle it. My body's not going to be able to handle it. <laughs> I, I said five to ten years is not that much time. But we're, it's we're right around the corner. We're only a couple years older than them. But uh, but Ken, how how many years, how long have you been shooting, Ken? Uh, as a full time since two thousand five, wow. so eighteen years. Wow. wow. Yeah, full time. Do you and... get after two more years? You get like a watch. You get a you get a cooking set. <laughs> <laughs> Does it come you know, with a get, pension? A That's what you get. You get a boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like every year, I try to reward myself for uh, hardworking, but uh, like 
every year uh, you feel different um, about the you know all these uh, the wedding the flow the the trend the the way people shoot and then how color their photos everything is is getting better and better and then sometimes you may fall you may feel like you're falling behind um, I think that's when your passion sort of goes down. When I, when you compare yourself to other people, but or trend, yeah. but I think uh, back to his, uh, you know, authentic the word of the year. Uh, try to be authentic yourself, your your craft. Uh, I think that's what makes your mind win against all these uh, odds and obstacles. Just yeah. be strong for yourself. Uh, trust yourself. Uh, you know, your clients will ultimately see it. And these are the people who will pay you for your living. Um, yeah, <laughs> they pay the bills. That's how you enjoy. <laughs> these I like bills are not going to pay for themselves. You know, <laughs> that's, that's you know, um, that, that's one of our like at least my biggest struggle is um, like kind of like what you just said of like following the trends and trying to stay true to what your style is. Yeah, um, it, it's it's good to hear someone who's been in the industry so long. You know, just yeah. say this, you know, you know, just st- stay true to yourself yeah. and the work will come anyway. So that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome to hear. It's, it's uh, like, I don't know if you guys have like ideal clients every time you shoot the weddings. Uh, do you have r- ideal crowd audience? It just, you know, there are always like uh, people who kind of elevate your stress level at the weddings. Because it's like you want to achieve. <laughs> With Jen, it's everyone. Uh, <laughs> like you want to achieve like. <laughs> Like right above hundred percent at every client's wedding, and then all these obstacles, uh, you know, the causing your stress level going up. You know, you kind of lose your passion, you lose your flow. You just like sometimes you get lost. Like you know, these are the things that kind of make you know contribution to like low energy. But you know, there's That's always true. like yeah ways to find your right client, ideal client. Uh, just to keep your energy high at the wedding. And then this is what people see you as a photographer. Like they want to hire people with the high energy, unless you're very, unless you're shooting a very dark, like super low key wedding <laughs> that mm-hmm. where the energy is not really considered as a <laughs> big contribution to their wedding. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we want to hear a little bit more about your journey. You started shooting in 2005, you said, right? Did you start yeah. shooting for someone else or did you just go start, start off on your own right away? So like, uh, right before I chose to become a full-time wedding photographer, my friends were getting married. And I mean, even like after I chose to become a wedding photographer, my friends continue to get married. So ultimately, uh, I started, you know, shooting because they asked me to take photos of their engagement sessions and then sort of, uh, like the formal, like, uh, sessions with their wedding going on. So I get to practice a lot using them as uh, my guinea pigs. And also I started doing a lot of, uh, videos before I started shooting stills because, uh, I didn't know how to get into the photography market. And then all these like existing market shares in our wedding photography industry, they were like sort of, uh, I don't know, high profile business owners. It's like they, they were, there was so much like charisma, um, like power. It's just like people, every, like everybody, every vendor had to look up to the photographers because they're the masterminds at the weddings. Even planners, they had to beg for like, 
or the excuses for the photography. Everything has to be prioritized for the photography. So that's why I had no idea how to get there. So I started with the video, which was like sort of a less high profile than, you know, <laughs> So you started with wedding video? You started shooting wedding video first? So I made a transition from 80% of my workflow to nothing now, nowadays. So 20% photography, 80% video. That's how I started, like migrating into 0% video mm-hmm. as of 2014. So it took me about nine years just to give up my videography work. But anyways... Back to my videography experience, that's how I trained myself, just watching photographers in action mm. in the field. Just like, because back then we were using the tripods. Hey, what do you do with There's... the tripods? You just stand still and watch what's going on around your uh, video camera. So uh, with this uh, old school camera and then system, I was able to just watch the entire flow of wedding photography at every single wedding. So it, it got me exposed to about 50 weddings just uh-huh. to watch all kinds of different photographers working right next to me. And then it's a paid training. You're getting paid to learn. Yeah. People pay, <laughs> pay me. Training. It's not the photographer pay me, but uh, my client pay me to watch like, their photographers. <laughs> <laughs> They're I still waiting for their videos today. So I learned how to entertain the audience for the group shots. Uh, how to pick the, you know, how to argue with the church lady for the, some special access, like how to orchestrate, you know, how to, how to like, I don't know, how to work with the planners, all, all these things. Because uh, I had to stand next to the photographer to learn everything because mm-hmm. they want me to learn the, the, the flow of the day because we, we have to kind of like stage ourselves together. So yeah. it was yeah, I, I I don't really share this kind of story with the other people because uh, I, I it's it's a huge huge uh, leak of my secret. But <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to become a better wedding photographer, go become a videographer. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the route. That's the route. And one thing is that you know uh, you learn so much about the the composition in cinematic uh, format. It's just you master the cinematic format. Sure. But nowadays sure. we use a two by three. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's not really that the same format, but you, you kind of see the how to compose your things. And then I made a transition from old school, old school camera to 5D Mark II, which was the uh, invention of the, uh, the, the tool for the invention of the uh, cinematic video back yep. at the time. So I, I shot a few cinematic videos and then I made a 100% transition to stills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I learned so much by just extending next to the photographers back in the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, you know what's refreshing to to know is that no matter where you are in the United States, everyone has to battle with the church lady. <laughs> 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 that part is pretty much universal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they take the, their job uh, serious. Yeah, they take their jobs very seriously. Uh, the next question that we all ask uh, our, uh, our every guest, right? Um, how much did you charge for your first wedding? My first wedding? Mm-hmm. First photography wedding. Zero uh, dollar with a gift. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you got less you lost money. <laughs> Sometimes like, I spend my own time uh, working there and then also editing... Sometimes I have to give them some sort of gift uh, for their wedding because it's my friend's wedding. So, sure, yeah. sure. 
Yeah. But what, uh, what your first paid gig then? Uh, how much did you get paid for your first paid gig? Maybe 500. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Solid. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not bad. You can get uh, eight Moses Cruises for that money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You could probably get like nine. <laughs> we have a friend. He shot his first I, wedding I for really $60. I don't really keep up with that number. So I, I'm just like making up the number. But uh, that was like... A, uh, our, our, our good friend Moses Cruises, he's a friend of the podcast. Uh, his first wedding, he shot it for 60 bucks. I was like... <gasps> but he was so happy to get it. As he should be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we all have to start from somewhere, you know? I think yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's a step, a crucial step that, at least in my personal opinion, that uh, I yeah. see a lot of uh, newcomers, they, uh, they try to uh, skip altogether, you know? Yeah, the number is very important to your... Um, I, I think it's, it kind of plays high value to your experience, but the... The amount of experience you got, like field experience and then the experience with the human relations, I think that comes more important than money. So I try to not to follow the money at the time, try to follow what the best um, to be a photographer, just good photographer. But it took me about 10 years just to get out of that perception. Yeah. Of what? Perception of what? Just being a, being a good photographer. Yeah. You have to be authentic to yourself. That's, mm-hmm. It took me ten years to realize that. Find oh, my yeah. voice, my own voice. Yeah, yep. It, yep. The, being a good photographer doesn't mean anything. That's so true. So it took you about, uh, I guess you said, ten years to find your voice. Yeah. And uh, what was the, I guess, what was the motivating factor for you to uh, that that made it important for you to kind of find this voice for yourself? My craft was not getting any better because mm-hmm. I was like confined the area. I was not looking anything outside of uh, my own like area. Your own footprint, right? Like because you serve uh, my Northern Virginia and DC and Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was right. like everything I knew about uh, the photography world. Even like I was heavily uh, involved with the my ethnic group uh, mm-hmm. photographers. So a lot of uh, Asian people like their style. I was following the trend in Korea, which didn't work well for the mainstream marketing uh, in the States. So I was like, that's when I was kind of like lost. Like, you know, hey, my work is not, I mean, it's it's comparatively better than average, but my inner struggle was that, you know, when I compare my work against like the world, the best known photographer's work, I was so beat up, like I was so lost. So you I was and I like, both. <laughs> everyone in this chat, when we look at other photographers, so, like, oh yeah, my gosh. So yeah, that's that's what triggered me to start finding my voice. I defended all my photographer friends back then. Like all uh-huh. these, like mostly like, you know, local and then uh Asian photographers. I, I cut my relationship with them. No uh-huh. more relationship. And then and then I started like looking back my work and then try to find what really worked for me, what what I really liked. And that's when I started becoming a members of a, the contest, like Fearless, uh-huh. uh, ISPWP, WPJA, uh-huh. all these like, just to see how others, uh, I want to say game. like how, how, how good my work is compared to others, others. And then like, you know, how my work can continue to work for my future client, things like that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of payment, like I wanted to raise my price, but I wanted to validate what really makes this price hike reasonable. 
because I didn't have any like fancy uh, life background, so I don't know how to. Uh, I don't know how to wear better clothes. I, I don't know how to present myself better. My my only tool was yeah, my hands and my brain, my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't really care about my look. I didn't care about having my own studio space. Like I had my own studio space for four years, but I didn't get much out of that space. Like it was like useless. No walking clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to market out my studio space. So back then, that's the only knowledge I had from the local mm-hmm. photographers, like all these like things I learned. So I wanted to get out of my comfort zone, my confined space, just to see what makes me change. What can mm-hmm. what can change my mind, my, my perceptions? Uh, right. That's what triggered me to see the things yeah. differently. Yeah, they, they say that there's a saying out there that says that comparison is the thief of joy, right? If you ever want to feel depressed, you compare yourself to others. But it sounds like once you started comparing yourself to others, that was kind of the fire under your ass, you know, to get you going, to to motivate you to be better and to do better. Is that is that sound about right? Yeah, it's a it's a fair way of uh, competing yourself to others, mm-hmm. uh, but also it kind of helps you develop your inner strengths much better. Uh, did you get to shoot with a lot of these people that you that you admired? You got to shoot with them and and learn from them firsthand. Or were you just studying their images and trying to deconstruct so, them? So, um, I'm a hundred percent self-taught. The one, like I, I never worked for anybody. The only influence that I got from the field was just watching other photographers working when I was doing video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't take any any workshop, no zero workshop, zero conference. Mm-hmm. Everything I learned from the books or other people's work, uh, internet, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube University. <laughs> oh man, way back, way, way back. back. Yeah, it's yeah. like the first two years of YouTube. Yeah. If, <laughs> if if we can, uh, can we go back to like the whole uh, awards talk? Um, so when when you were submitting to these uh, competitions, because I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, bad publicity of other photographers who like shame other photographers that chase awards. I do it for myself. I, I don't do it to to gain clients out of winning awards. I do it yeah. for to push to push myself yeah. and to grow. Um so let's talk about how awards were for you. Did, did it help you grow? Did it help you get clients? Yeah, of course uh, everything you said is legit. Uh, it helps you grow. But think about who gets more excited when you receive an award. Your family, yep. yourself, yep. your your kids, your your clients. You know, you know, people always follow all these like celebrity life. Like they wanna like raise their bars for their better life. When they get married, they wanna have a good photos. Mm-hmm. But also they wanna hire a photographer who can whom whom they can relate to, like for their better life, presenting their life to other people in better way. So they wanna relate their life like photographer so closely because he's the one who oh she's the one who's gonna capture the the highlight of your life the best highlight of your life, which is a wedding. So I think being a award-winning photographer comes really big value to my clients. And then uh, I think they really make a big deal out of it. Some, A lot of my clients, they don't care, but there are some <laughs> clients, clients who care about it. My friends care about it. My family cares about it. So, and I want to be a good role model for my son too. I, I have a father of a uh, only child, but uh like I, I want him to see like if his dad can be someone someone he can look up to in terms of uh, achieving something. You know, we always praise yeah. about Van Gogh, all right. these like fancy artists, like historical artists, because of their achievement, being different, being unique, be, being creative. 
like, you know, I wanted to, like, you know, find a trigger to make, drive his life better because of uh, little influence coming from me. Also, my wife can be proud of my, me, uh, proud of my words. Uh, it just, it just like all this like a uh, positive energy you get from the like surroundings. Uh, it kind of like yeah. elevates your energy more, mm-hmm. and also it kind of like drives your uh, your creative uh, p- uh, power further up. Mm-hmm. So it just I like it. There's so much it, synergy. It, like very, it's, it's kind of very complex, but I don't want to negate the the strengths of awards because of your ego mm-hmm. egoistic thinking. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. You know, I don't care about the words. <laughs> I don't need to rave about myself. You know, it's not about that. It's it's just yeah, yeah. You know, Van Gogh, he has to work for like 20 different uh, artists in their studios for 20 years just to yep. come up with uh, his own craft. Yeah, it, it, this this is how much of years and uh, time you have to invest into just to come up with uh, your own craft. And what is the most significant uh, craft of your work? Like, what's the uh, key image that really describes your your photography work? Do you have one? That's that's my challenge to every single mm-hmm. photographer. Yeah, I mean, you have to be speak for your own voice, your 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 lifestyle. Eventually, you're gonna have clients who wants to match their lifestyle with the photographer because they believe this is the person can best describe our life in eight hour wedding shoot. <laughs> so, I mean, it's always, it's always really nice to get some validation outside validation that, mm-hmm. you know, that you produce good work. You know, it's a nice little pat on the back. Uh, yeah. Obviously some of us don't need it. Right. Anytime someone tells you, Hey, give, they give you a high five. Hey, you did a great job. That's good. I mean, that, that's, that feels great. No matter who you are. I celebrate my wife's wins. I celebrate my friend's wins and stuff like that. I hope they get good vibes off of that when I give them high fives. I don't know if they do. Babe, did you get good feelings when I gave you high fives? High five. <laughs> where, where, where was this high five? <laughs> she, oh, she doesn't recall the high five I you gave her. I celebrate you every day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Actually, I do, I do high fives a lot at the, at the weddings. Like, yeah. Even any any sessions I do, even corporate sessions, like the hand claps, hand touches, like high fives, it just makes, it just brings different uh, vibes to the space. So, it does. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. You know. I, you, my 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 thing is have have fun. You know. Like why why be so serious? That's that's me. Have fun. I'm there's so dumb. much. There's there's <laughs> so much like like. Things you don't know what's coming after your high fives. There's so much of a power. So I guess my follow-up question. Oh, are you putting your hand in my face? I was like, what? <laughs> he wants a high five. Not intentionally, but uh, it's just like it has to be very authentic, spontaneous. Yes, it's yeah. gonna be authentic, bro. And spontaneous, spontaneous. It's on its own, organically. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess my my follow-up question to that is, you know, authenticity. While we're talking about authenticity and shooting for yourself and all that, right? Um, do you have clients that who approach you or rather uh, inquiries who approach you and ask you to shoot in a style that's not authentic or organic to you? So and, and if, if you do, do you take those clients? Of course. Yeah. Um, like when you design your website, like, do you ever post photos of your, uh, your clients, family photos? I don't. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, actually, That's no, I, lie. I have one family photo because it's fun. It's a fun family photo. You go to my but, website. But I'm talking about yeah. the like very old school style oh, family okay. photo. No. Yeah. No. You, Formal. Never, you never do no. it, right? People come like find the photographer who can best describe their life. But also, it's not only the client who's looking for such style. Their parents, uh, their grandparents, they're always looking for photographers who can just take simple family photo, which comes super valuable to their family heirloom. Um, a lot of print orders that, that I get from my client is just like face looking at the camera. Right. It's the grip and grins. <laughs> and just like groups. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just groups of people, not not just like fancy, super creative photos that I'm really delving for for my life as a photographer, but uh, they just want simple photos. Uh, and then they pay high price for that. Yeah. But anyways, back to your question. Sorry, uh, your question was... Uh, oh, if you have a, have a client who's not a quite uh, the match, because the thing is you shoot a, a little bit of a quirky style, something that's a little bit offbeat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, if someone who's not quirky <laughs> and not offbeat, they're a little, they're quite serious, uh, but they want you to shoot a more serious style, do you take the client and just yeah, roll with it? Yeah, I do take the because... client. I do take the client. But uh, I want to educate my client first by visiting my website and my blogs. Just to let them know that, hey, this is the style that I'm shooting. So when you mm -hmm. visit my website, especially the first like long slideshow that I have, uh, there's no photo of my client looking at the camera. Mm -hmm. There's no portrait, mm -hmm. no single portrait uh, on my website, mm -hmm. especially the first page. And mm -hmm. my, if my client loves that, my presentation, then, you know, they, they will be my ideal client. Mm -hmm. But some there are some photographers, I'm sorry, there are some clients who also need uh, the conventional portraits. Mm -hmm. But which one is easier, being creative than taking conventional? Conventional right. is much easier. So sure. for me, it just, I think it's just an easy task I can achieve. Mm -hmm. But when they ask for uh, some creative photos or if I see something unique, uh, spontaneously fun, then, you know, I capture those and that also bring, like, it, 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 I would say it adds a lot to their collections uh, on top of what they're looking for. So they want conventional on top of the style that I have on my website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. every, every so you normally, needs... attract, you normally attract your people is what you're saying. You, you, it's not too often you'll get someone who's not an ideal client. Usually the people who come on board they the don't, they don't come. Trying. Yeah, they don't yeah, come. Because usually... uh, my 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 website, like when when I compare my website to like uh, many of our local photographers' website, is very unique. Right, also. very different. Yeah, it's right. very different. No, no, there's no like earthy, like uh, airy style photos. <laughs> I mean, I do take these photos in a nice way, but that's not the way I describe my work. It's it's gotta be. Highly storytelling, super narrative, sometimes spontaneous but fun and creative, sometimes seriously emotional, immersively like you know connecting. A lot of my clients who look at my work uh, before they hire me, they feel they were at the wedding, they were at the moment of the the, the photo I captured, or they can relate themselves so strong to the images I have or moments I have in the in, uh, photos. So my clients hire me not only the because of the like 
price range or just like my capability of taking photos, but uh, just uh, they find so much connections through the their visit to my website or blogs, yeah, mm-hmm. or Instagram. And that's a way uh, to be about authentic to yourself, showing like this is you're showing exactly what you want to shoot to detract the people who might want a hundred percent traditional, light and airy, organic, beautiful photos. That you're saying this is who Ken is, and but I I will also get the other things you need like traditional family portraits, but yeah. the rest of the day is going to be more of my inspiration and how I shoot. Mm-hmm. Correct. Those traditional family photos are important. You guys remember that story I shared with you guys maybe about, about a week or two ago uh, where Karis and I were... Um, uh, this client inquired with both me and Karis, right? And uh, this was the sister of a groom that we had previously shot. And the one takeaway from her experience working with us wasn't so much of, uh, you know, wasn't as much uh, about my approach on the wedding day. The reason why I stayed top of mind, the reason why, you know, they, they remember Ben and Karis Lau when it came time for them to need a photographer was because that bride whom we shot several years ago, she she printed all these family pictures and they became Christmas gifts and things like that, right? That's mm-hmm. That's what they remember, these boring family photos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of us like bitch and complain and, and 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 just like, oh, I hate these family. These take forever and these are not fun or whatever. But these are important for grandma and, and, and for mom. And yeah, I mean, things. picture wise is very simple, boring, but uh, it carries so much of meaning. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know they bring us on board to be the artist that day, but you know, yeah. you have, listen, the family photos take maybe 15, 20 minutes. You still have seven, eight hours to do your creative artistry, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, serve the clients first. That's the most important. Yeah. yeah. Do Do we want to talk about your big tips? already. Like, you know, finding your client, like your own ideal client is, it's not a, it's not an easy task, but, uh, you know, you speak through your, your craft, your work. Mm-hmm. So I think my tip for finding the right client, because that's, biggest dilemma people have like whether you know they're my right right client or not we, mm-hmm. you you always in the fear you know how you, oh i didn't uh, mean tip as in advice i mean tip as in like a money in a money, money. Money. <laughs> oh, money yes <laughs> you're, you're oh my god i wasn't I was talking about advice but that could be advice but so this is my uh, first time talking about money business like uh sure any, i'm, any I'm here for it yeah this yeah is a business usually podcast. i talk about the inspirations and then the craft uh, at the conferences and workshops. But anyways, uh, so money-wise... So let, uh, before before we talk about tips, let's talk about uh, pricing yourself for success, right? Because you said that uh, when you first started, uh, you were charging somewhere in the ballpark of like 500, right? And I think uh, for us, we charge somewhere around the same around 400. Uh, I forgot what the Molinas charged for your first one. What did you guys charge for your first one? Like 600? It was whatever a new Nikon flash costed is what I did it for. <laughs> so it was, it was like it was like like one sixty one eighty. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll I'll do it for the price of a new flash, just, just to buy more more gears. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But, but what, two what photographers? We only got one flash. Yeah. So, but <laughs> you don't even have a backup, man. Like, imagine your flash dies and every time. What are you gonna do? You no, shoot I, at I ISO ten thousand. So I had one flash, and I told them to pay me enough to buy a second flash. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it was, you know. I, I mean, what I was you, a solid, what, solid shooter. What did you guys start with? I think you, guys, you said you started with a D forty. Is that what you started with? Uh, yeah, D forty and a D sixty. <laughs> yeah. 
So the camera doesn't go above ISO 800, right? I mean, it does, but you don't want to go more than that. I mean, at, at, at that point, if, if it's natural light at 800, it doesn't look well. If you're using flash, you get away with higher. Yeah. But I mean, the cameras today that you get for that price are like, imagine starting with that back then. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, so, I mean, so what kind of advice would you give to folks who are trying to price themselves, right? Do you think uh, that sometimes pricing is um, kind of holding some folks back from getting more bookings and getting the right clients? So uh, up until pandemic, I've been increasing my price like $500 in average for, like, for my packages, but I stopped doing it after the pandemic. The thing is that, you know, um, there's certainly like budget situations that everybody, every couple has, but I, I think you have to sort of uh, fight for it by presenting your unique voice and style. If they're looking for just like super general wedding photos, it's really hard to compete against the other photographers in terms of pricing. So finding more of your right client, like ideal client means you can sort of... Uh, make your own pricing structure that really works for any client because they want to hire you no matter what. Mm -hmm. So my pricing is highly different, but it's very simple. Like it starts with the 5,000, I'm sorry, 4,000 and goes all the way to 10,000. Mm -hmm. And I just go, go by the hours and some mm -hmm. albums. That's it. Mm -hmm. Whether they have two photographers, one photographer, or whether they want engagement photos or more hours on their wedding day. I, of course, I customize it. But any client beyond 10 grand can be tough because uh, a lot of their resource comes from the parents' pocket mm -hmm. and parents come play big, uh, they put, they want to put some voice in their uh, deals. So, so <laughs> you don't want to, if you don't want to deal with the uh, parents, I think, uh, 10 grand is the the threshold cut. But anyways, uh, uh, back to my pricing. It's a simple design, uh, but it's highly uh, designed. It, it's it's kind of like works for the a lot of my clients who just look for me and my style. That's it. So right. they sometimes, I, I think uh, I hardly negotiate the price with my clients. They just pick whatever packages they think it works for their budget and then hours of their coverage. Because yeah. mm -hmm. when they come on board, they already know that they're booking with you. Now it's just a matter of which package they want. A lot of times they say, we have no choice other than you. It just, your, your style just fits our uh, our vision. I, I say, hey, there's so many like creative tarfers in East Coast, like Ben and Curry's or <laughs> Amy and... <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is that you know um they want to find someone local because they want to be it's just like you know they want to have a connection continue uh -huh. so yeah if you have uh photographers with the same style in your area then be friend with them and mm -hmm. just work with the pricing with them because mm -hmm. uh yeah. these are the very like small group of uh photographers in the area mm -hmm. then you know that your clients have small like you know options for selection so right that's why when the molina started raising the rates i was like damn it the laos have to raise the rates too now <laughs> <laughs> damn it we gotta raise our rates rates too we can't be the cheapos in the market <laughs> yeah but, but if, if, it, if your start if, is if the, the same as others too good to be true yeah yeah but if, you, if your star is a highly average then you know i highly have a tips for it yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but uh, back to what you were saying, I mean, I, this is the same thing that I preach to a lot of my students as well, right? Like, if 
if the clients appreciate everything that you bring to the table and you have a unique voice, you have a very unique proposition to 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 give them, you know, they will pay the price as long as you're not being ridiculous with your pricing, right? Uh, because the the matter of over 500 bucks or even a thousand dollars, it is, uh, you know, if they're comparing between two photographers and it's a matter of a thousand bucks, it's not going to make a huge deal because, you know, the average cost of a wedding here in in the Northeast, it's anywhere between 35,000 to 60,000. And that's on, yeah. that's the average, you know, sometimes it goes a little higher, sometimes it goes a little lower. Yeah. Uh, I think we, in our chat group, we talked today, uh, there was a venue in our, in our area that charges $400 a plate. And if the average wedding is 150 to 200 people, you're talking about $60,000, $80,000 just on the yeah. catering bill. You're not even talking about flowers and hair and makeup and video and all that other stuff. You, tur- you, you put all that stuff together, it's like $100,000 for a wedding. $1,000 budget is, is, is not a huge deal for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, so, I feel like um, when you're in that price range, what happens is, you know, like uh, they start to skimp out on other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when they they email you for photo budget for like two thousand dollars, and the venue was like, you know, like you said, four hundred dollars a plate, which is crazy. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the, a lot of people in in the wedding industry they have a high level like business skills. They have a really good marketing skills. They have a really good in person sales skills. Photographers. Mm-hmm. Because we're so awesome, we we don't have that kind of uh, <laughs> strategy and then marketing tactics. So um, I think my best advice is uh, just for those who want to win the you know the battle of uh, negotiations. I think uh, find your weddings, the past weddings that really matches your clients' uh, vision or venue, and just send them not the blog post, a highlight like about I would say three to five hundred photos from getting ready through uh throughout the whole like you know the event and just just come try, try, just convince them that you know hey you know not many photographers present the full collections to the clients to, to review their skills but I'm, I'm not saying you know the full collection but the highlights but more than 300 because they scan through the photos so fast and then let them mm-hmm. just review your awesome collection of uh you know highlights from any weddings <laughs> that really matches your client's vision and just let them consider you and have them more uh, chance to hire you than any other people who are lazier than you. So being more diligent is very important too. Yeah. As long as you, I think that if as long as you're 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 showing the right work, you're solving the right problems, you're you're kind of speaking to the client's soul, they they will pay the price. You know, even if you're a little bit more expensive, because you're the perfect solution to to what they're looking for, right? Uh they they'll they'll book you. And that yeah, and that's also, kind of my Showing them your passion and energy, devotion in photography, devotion mm-hmm. in their storytelling, wedding day. I think that really makes your uh, business go better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So in, in that way, you were able to raise your rates a little bit. Do you know how uh, Karis and I figured uh, when's the right time to raise our rates? Uh, when the tips started getting bigger and bigger. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I could have charged them more and they would have paid it. <laughs> I got a $500 tip here. That means I could have charged them $500 more because clearly they had it in their budget, right? So uh, that's kind of, for a long time, that's how, kind of uh, how I did it. You know, um, I was ve- I'm actually, even till this very day, I'm very, very conservative when it comes to raising the rates because I don't want to feel like I'm overpricing myself. You know, people have been telling me so, for years to raise my prices, but what? Back to back to that process. For us, we've been raising our rates and our tips are getting bigger and bigger every year. So like how can you like how, you how can you use that because as I can't a, keep up? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like it's I'm, I mean it's nice, right? But 
But every year, like, cause, cause we keep track of everything just, you know, for numbers sake, right? Every year our the, about the amount that we've been getting tipped goes up and, and we've been raising our prices. So like in this case, would you still keep raising your, your rates? I think mm-hmm. I would. I think there's room to raise your rates if they're getting these big tips, especially if they're tipping your like four figure uh, tips and stuff. You know, um, my tips usually don't go that high. Uh, I think uh, my tips usually average around three to five hundred. And by the way, we have clients listening. Tipping is not expected. <laughs> they always appreciate. They're not expected. If you don't tip me, I'm not going to be angry. Okay, I promise you. But yeah, I mean, throughout my entire career, they usually range somewhere between three to five hundred. I think the biggest tip I ever got was uh, a week longs. Uh, trip to Disney. That was pretty dope. <laughs> Valued at ten thousand dollars. <laughs> is that what it is? They're like, you just gotta pay for your way down there, but you can stay in our timeshare. I was like, what? So uh, that was that's, my first that's like trip a good, to Disney. Like, that's like a good thousand fifty hundred dollar value for, you think for so? the stay. Yeah, I mean, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Are, are, are we sharing numbers? Are you? Uh, are, you are we sharing numbers? Did you guys ever hit four figures? Did you guys ever hit four figures for tips? Just recently, yeah. someone tipped us uh, 1400 bucks. <gasps> wow. Yeah, How many hours was a day? That's, How that's many hours? The, uh, it was like a nine-hour day, right? Nine or ten. Yeah. It, it was shocking. Um, we've never re- reached that four-figure till recently, but on a, numerous occasions, we've been tipped like eight, 900 bucks throughout the years. But I, I feel like we're about in the same ballpark as you. Mm-hmm. As far as our averages, anywhere between like two to five hundred, you know, mm-hmm. it's great. Like every time uh, we get tipped, we always look at each other. We got grocery money, yeah. <laughs> you know. Our kids get to eat uh, yeah. more spam this week. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it all ties back to what you do behind the scenes for your clients, customer service. Are you responsive? Are you timely? What are you going above and beyond for them? It's not just like, oh, I'm just getting randomly tipped after shooting a wedding. Like there's a different level of service that we provide on the back end than like the DJ or the person running the photo booth who gets their tip at the end of the night. I think ours is very dependent on all the work we've done before the wedding and all the work we still have to do after the wedding, which mm-hmm. is a lot. We're the one, we're the only ones that stick around afterwards. So mm-hmm. I think it's also a sign of appreciation of like what's to come as far as like the work we're putting into editing, delivering albums, all the all the post wedding stuff. Yep. I mean, you should always be serving your clients. You shouldn't be serving them just because you gotta you think there might be a tip coming your way, right? But I think if you put all that positive juju out there, it will come back to you. Uh, in the form of positive juju or tips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but does Mr. Ken Pack have any insight on tipping or, or yeah, getting so these tip, large tips? Yeah, tipping is it's always a surprise. You know, you don't really have to anticipate it. But uh-huh. you know, it's a it's a big reward. You know, people really want to appreciate like how much of a effort and then hard work you have put towards their wedding. Um, for me. I'm I'm a high like I'm I'm very physical at the wedding. I'm not I'm saying you know I'm violent, but uh, I'm I work a lot. <laughs> Are you beating, up, beating up everybody? <laughs> I'm very, You're beating I'm up very, this video uh, guy who's watching your yeah. every move. I'm very aggressive. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm very aggressive with the inner fight. So um, I always try to find a chance and way to capture their best moments. Uh, I mean, or you know, priceless, priceless moments. Uh, timeless moments. Uh, so, and people see it. You know, people really see, and then they talk about us during the ceremony, uh, during the reception, during the cocktail. Or, hey, who, like, who's that? You know, the photographer you hire. You know, he's like, 
he's like an energizer energy bunny, you know? <laughs> so so I, I, I hear that, you know, and then people come to me and then they say, you know, uh, we appreciate that, you know, you put so much energy towards our uh, nephew's wedding or my friend's wedding. And thank you so much for taking care of all these like moments. And yeah, and then every th- all comes to the ears of a client and they're the one who want to sort of make it a little more uh, official by tipping us. So mm-hmm. some people are, they're like, hey, if you want to tip them, you know, let's do 20%, like mm-hmm. American standard. So, yeah, so that's like 800,000 bucks. Yeah, so <laughs> sometimes like if, <laughs> if it is a 10 grand wedding, then I get 20%. Oh. If it is an 8,000 8, wedding, I still get 20%. So even if it is a small pandemic wedding, I still get 20%. It's just, you don't really give an idea, but I really appreciate this, uh, you know, the tipping culture we have in the America. I heard that outside of the U.S., it's really hard to get a tip. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah actually, time. just to get anything above three thousand uh, dollars is is like pulling teeth outside the U.S. Because so, I I think we have some European friends who are at the top of their game. They're some of the best photographers in the world, and yeah. they struggle to get more than twenty five hundred dollars or three thousand dollars. So yeah, uh, we're, we're talking about bookings. the first word, you know, anxiety and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> but thing is that you know, um, if you want to be tipped. Uh, really good. Then you know, just put your energy, and then sorry, my my dog sounds like a chihuahua, <laughs> very angry chihuahua. Uh, oh I was waiting for him. I saw him looking. Outside. I was like, he's gonna start. He's gonna do uh, something. Sorry, uh, I have to keep <laughs> my fine. dog out of my room soon. Uh, my, I think my wife is oh, getting Jack Russell. I'm sorry, not a chihuahua. Oh, there, there's there's a, my yeah, wife is racing Jack... for my Jack Russell right here. Miss <laughs> 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 Nick Cage, another room. <laughs> You kicked him out of his own room. <laughs> <laughs> it's, sort of like that, uh, it's sort of like that video of the guy during the pandemic. There was a news yeah, reporter. He's getting interviewed, yeah. and then a baby comes in, right? <laughs> and then the and then the mom comes in what? to like drag them. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, people want to be. Your wife's going to become a meme of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but back to tipping you know people want to give you everything because it's a very emotional day for everybody and they they're, they're just like immensely like drawn to all these like appreciations uh that, that they have towards the uh, all the vendors or all the participants at the wedding so like if you can deliver the photos next day like just highlights like just 50 photos next day the tipping scale can be different mm-hmm. if you arrive at the venue 30 minutes sooner earlier or if you leave the venue after your dj leaves that can change the perception of your client and then the mm-hmm. tipping scale can be a lot different next day yeah 1000 1000 i uh you know i don't know if you know this can uh, my wife and i we have an associate team right and one thing that i we we stress with them so much is that listen it costs you nothing to go the extra mile okay it just costs you maybe a little bit more effort a little bit more time but otherwise it costs you nothing, right? So if you show up an extra 15, 30 minutes early, if you leave a little 15, 30 minutes a little late, uh, maybe because dinner service ran a little late, right? So you decide to give the couple a little bit more time because they're doing a sparkler exit or whatever it is, right? You give it to them, you, no questions asked, right? Because the thing is, you know, you don't have to give it to them if you don't want to, but also they don't have to tip you, they don't have to refer you to their friends and their family. There's a lot of things they don't have to do, 
you know, because tipping is not mandatory, right? So the more above and beyond that you go for your clients, my philosophy is that the more, uh, the more above and beyond they'll go for you as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys agree with that sentiment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. But like you said, doing it genuinely, not like yeah. oh, I'm going to go above and beyond because there's got to be something at the other end, and then yeah. Yeah. you get Where's nothing, and then you're yeah, and then oh, you're, you're bitter about it. You're, you're you're all packed up, ready to go, and the cake runs behind and it tipped you. You unpack. Because you're gonna stay a little longer. <laughs> like, like you guys said, it has to be genuine. You know, it has to be like you know, just ongoing. If you don't do it uh, out of your heart, then you know, people know it. You know, they're highly experienced with the life yeah. and uh, you know, human relations. So if they see you genuine, then you know, they'll appreciate either with their words or money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For that reason, I don't. I don't keep track. I don't keep track of my tips. You know, I know some people do like this client gave me this much, this client gave me that much. Uh, I don't. Uh, everyone gets over the top service for me. I'm not saying this just because this is being recorded, but I, I don't know Tate who who gave me what. You know, it, it's, because I don't want I don't a, want to harbor any weird feelings towards clients who didn't to me. You know, I'm going to assume it has that they to be organic. Me. Yeah, I, but but the thing is that you know I'm not making I'm not making any judgment here, but the, just you know it, you you can really hundred dollars can be really big for them. Exactly. Or. Mm-hmm. Fourteen hundred could be nothing for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to just yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. So that's why, that's why I don't keep track. You know, they already brought me on, on on board. That's that's one of the greatest gifts that they can give me. My ability to do this for for a living, continue doing this for a living, provide yeah. for my family. That's the greatest gift that but, they but can see, give me. I mean, I, yeah. aren't you guys like tempted to pick up like one dollar bill like from the Nigerian <laughs> like the money dance or money uh, dance? <laughs> The uh, Greek, or the Greek, the Filipino money dance. There's like a lot of cash. ethnic, a lot of ethnic uh, weddings. They have money dances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time I thought it was fake oh money, but it's real money. Yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. Um, for for Greek weddings, like some of the Greek weddings, when, when they get a band, they kind of negotiate whether they pay the band or the band is working off of the tips. So, like uh-huh. I've like the band brings a briefcase full of singles. And it's like thousands of, of uh, dollars and people, you know, will come throughout the night, exchange hundreds, fifties. And oh, at the wow. end of the night, all the money that swept, uh, the, that's the band's payment. So uh, a wedding that we did, they had garbage bags full of uh, singles cash? at the end of the night. Yeah, it was all cash. <laughs> so uh, in that culture, there's, um, when it's a big wedding and, and they're splurging on the, a nice band, they make a lot of money. Yeah, and yeah. so basically, there's there's money flying all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make sure right. you you have an open open like a uh, sling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this money got here. It just fell in my bag. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we talked about pricing. We talked about tips. We talked about uh, booking quirky couples and stuff like that. Um, let's talk about. Your big packages, right? Uh, when you said, uh, you know, when you get up to the those five figure bookings and stuff, are you? These are including albums, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Are you are you doing the album designs in house? You do you're outsourcing it? Uh, do the album sales come after the wedding day, or are these included in the package up front? How are you structuring albums in your? Uh, I guess uh, it workflow? all depends on the client, but uh, mm-hmm. I have some packages that have have uh, albums already included we try to do the design in-house only thing we outsource is the print like album binding so and then we try to put a margin of uh i'll say from 
200 to 300%. So if we were to sell... On the what? On the album? The album, yeah. So if the album cost is like $3,000, then our expense will be a lot less than what we charge to our clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the magic of print sales. So uh, 2x, is- 3x, 2x, 3x your cost. So if it costs you a thousand bucks, you're charging 3,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. try to put a lot of value into the print because uh, once mm-hmm. your photos become print, it has a very tangible, like, you know, uh, touch and value. Uh, and people really appreciate how their photos turn into beautiful print. And if we do, because we know, we only, we, we're the only people who know about the flow of the day. You know, we know how to design the album better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So we so are, you the doing these, are you doing these consults uh, live? Are you doing it? They give you the photos and then you design the albums. Are you doing it? Uh, what are you, how are you selling these albums? Mostly online. We do, we do consultations virtually one or two times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if they happen to living close to our house, uh, our place, then uh, we visit their house and then sort of uh, present on their big screen TV or our laptop just to kind of make it go faster than online meetings. So, mm. so a lot yeah. of people, like especially parents or grandparents, they need special help. So we kind of assist them better with the mm. f- selection of the photos and then the design of the, like, the, the placement of the photos here and there in the, yeah. in the layout. Yeah. Uh, do you bring like print samples, album samples to these calls so they can touch it? I used it? to. So before pandemic, 90% of my client meetings were done in person at the cafe or my home, my my, my basement studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they were able to see the album print and then sort of, you know, purchase on site or after, after their wedding. But nowadays after pandemic, everything is done online, even all the meetings. So even album consultations. So... I think it kind of keeps my life so much easier, but it kind of take away uh, the organic connections I have with my client. I think they still are, they still see the value of the print. And then I think they're still willing to make some special investment. Um, right. Just don't judge the uh, the difficulty of a client consultation on the albums because mm-hmm. it can lead you a lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, oh, we didn't start yeah. doing. Um, we always offered albums, but we didn't really lean into it uh, until this yeah. year. If Thanks you have a difficulty, yeah. if you have a difficulty, just you, you can just outsource it. You know, even any any in person sales. There's a people that's, who are looking for opportunities. Oh, yeah. that, that that that's exactly what we did. That's yep. what we did. And too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and, I, I still try to do it in in uh, in house, but uh, because of the organic connections I want to create with my client, uh-huh. but. Uh, you can also rely on the online print sales, like all these uh, auto-generated uh, yep. print sales you okay. can do. Um, so you don't really have to sell albums. Um, the prints, w- which also has like anywhere between three, 300 and 400% uh, margin, you can still make a lot of money out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't really force my client, a client to purchase the album. Like I kind of force them, I, like, I would say I organically like uh, ask them to purchase the uh, print from the the companies that I use, so they can get really awesome like colors. Mm-hmm. Like I never mm-hmm. recommend them to use any like you know available sources like Walmart, like mm-hmm. CVS, yeah, because yeah. their their color correction is really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so for those of you guys who don't know, 
Uh, Ken Pack is actually going to be joining us at the Focus AF Summit on January 11th, uh, right here in Homedale, New Jersey. Um, so, Mr. Ken, uh, tell our listeners what you will be uh, teaching us on the stage. Um, pretty much like everything we talked about today will be part of my speech. Like I said earlier, I this is my first time talking about business side of my uh, my photography work. So I still don't know what would be the most uh, effective uh, topic to chat about, you know, uh, photography business. I think having longevity in this business is something that I think a lot of our colleagues would probably admire and probably strive for, yeah. having longevity in this business, being relevant after, uh, I'll bring you know, some, two like, decades. Uh, yeah, I'll bring some key topics. It's it's not going to be just one topic. I'll be I'll be talking about a few mm-hmm. subjects and topics uh, about my work. Just don't talk then... about destination weddings, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to be able to talk about anything else once you start talking about destination. Oh weddings. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'll be briefly talking about how awards work for my business too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's what. Yeah, I think those earning, are earning the recognitions. Yeah, make your work so I uh, uh, different or unique, so that yep. the clients want it. You know, when you show it, when you present yourself in this way, this is what the clients want, and they'll yes, pay good money clients, for it. They'll they, give you they want, they big tips the, for it. Yeah, they want the credentials, like photographers with, who carries the credentials and validations mm-hmm. of their work, and then mm-hmm. validation comes heavily from awards. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. So even if you have thirty thousand dollars in gift money on your wedding day and you only give them a hundred bucks, <laughs> they're not gonna get mad about it. You know, they're still gonna deliver. <laughs> if you guys this is an audio format right but for those of you guys who, who can't see the video like there's a teardrop slowly coming down Ken's face <laughs> he got the Michael Jordan crying face <laughs> my eye drop. <laughs> um, and uh, before we let you go, uh, actually, uh, usually, uh, Ken, there's usually two other things that we talk about before uh, before we go, just to get your insight on you know current events and things like that, and then we're we're good. But I think we're about seventy five percent done at this point, maybe a little more. Are you are you okay to hang out for another fifteen more minutes? 10, 15 yeah. more minutes. Okay. Uh, so Ken, uh, tell our audience how they can find you. Yeah, where can our listeners, if they want to learn more about you, where they can they where? find you? Yeah, it's my Instagram, my website. <laughs> there we go. We weren't asking you, hey, uh, if they want to find Why me, they got to come to Centerville, Virginia. And uh, <laughs> once you Some get to the, uh, the quiz nose, you got to make like, a left. Make me overthink. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. You're like, how hard do my clients find me? From the like, uh, like very immer- immense, like, like deep talk to the like very, like, you know, simple. Simple, low, low key, <laughs> simple talk. And then yeah, like, this wasn't a, a hard-hitting questions, you know. I think he meant he meant like where, how, where, where clients find him, how they find him. I think that's that's not what I was asking. I was asking for I his website. I think that's uh, what he website. thought you were asking. So, so yeah, my, yeah. my my thing is, uh, I I I really value like how and then what if questions. Like I I'm kind of prepared to answer that a lot of questions that leads up to more thinking than right. Not so much just one word answers. All right. Well, it's Ken Pack Photography on Instagram. And it's, uh, and also, I think on, uh, on his website, I think it's kenpackphotography.com. I think. All right. That's where you might be able to find him. But guys, just Google him. It's Ken Pack, K E N P A K. All right. Just Google that. I answered it for him. I think we're good there. 
Just Google his name, guys. All right, you'll find him. Very easy to find. He's a very he's a he's a man of many talents, uh, but only six letters to his name. All right, he's very easy to find. All right. So, uh, so what's today's hot topic? I know we have some tea we wanted to share. Yeah. So uh, I saw an article. I sent it to you guys. It was uh, a couple took out a permit. I think it was in Colorado or Utah. I, th- I think it was in Red Rock somewhere. Canyon. So they took out a permit for a small, intimate ten-person wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the mayor or something was jogging. And she came across the wedding site and there was trucks just there. They left all the garbage, all the tables, all the decor just sitting in the desert there with, without cleaning it. So, um, yeah, that was a uh, very controversial because uh, the Instagram post of the article, some uh, people were like, I-, I don't see the problem with it. And why is uh, it? Photo- Are you kidding me? Why? Because they yeah, pay for the permit, yeah. they can wreck the place? I guess so. Um, and then other people in the industry were like, People are pieces of shit to do yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. like, so our opinion about it is clean up after yourselves. Like, yes. they, you know, yes. they, they, no there's no freaking, yeah, they, there's no cleaning service in the middle of the freaking desert to come and clean your crap. Like, take yeah. all your shit with you. Yep. Or hire, hire a cleaning crew. That's part of mm-hmm. the job. Start to finish. Yeah. Yep. And the whole thing was, uh, the mayor wanted an apology. I'm like, an apology? How about, uh... Finding them for yep. littering. Find them. Yep, you can find and, them. Yeah, giving you know them tickets. The, you know and... who was responsible because you gave them the permit. Exactly. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was like, "Oh, that, that they just want an apology." I'm like, "Screw that! Make yep. them come clean it up." Yep. Apologize yeah. and clean it up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or or send them the cleaning bill. Yes. Yeah. We'll probably uh, never you know, see the I, photos or videos from that. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, People do feel a little entitled once they pay uh, a permit for something, you know? I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode, you know? People pay a permit to go somewhere, to shoot somewhere, and uh, and they feel like they have the whole run of the place. They can do they whatever they the want, place. you know? Yep. Yep. They basically own the place because they pay 200 bucks a year for a membership. <laughs> whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> I pay the maintenance of this park. <laughs> you know, yeah. just because you pay a membership fee to, to go shoot uh, at this private property doesn't make it yours, you know? It's still private property. You got to respect it, and and it's semi-private because it is open to the public, but like, you know, your $200 a year doesn't give you the right to uh, take that experience away from other people who also pay $200 a year to be there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think people got uh, their panties in a twist because, uh, you know, now they're charging permits to shoot at these places. Uh, Ken, where where you are shooting, right? Because uh, you shoot primarily in D.C. and Virginia, right? These places where yeah. you shoot, do they require permits? A lot of permits? Yep. We have a lot of uh, estates, uh, mansions, uh, some private properties, of course, uh, government-owned facilities like uh, museums and galleries or private-owned. Just they just want protection, you know. Yeah. There's one occasion that my uh, uh, my third shooter broke a fourteen thousand dollar art piece at a gallery, and then I didn't have a good liability insurance. My oh. my insurance agent, my local agent, insurance agent who has zero knowledge about uh, the the art artist uh, insurance liability insurance, they didn't they didn't put the property damage at the venue. So I was like so scared of the uh, paying paying it out of our pocket. But the, my, luckily, my client had an insurance. Oh. So I only had to pay deductible, which was one thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh, and wow. then I would kill uh, my third the deductible. That guy offered me to shoot for me for like you know free, but he didn't want to continue the conversation anymore. So 
Yeah. He, he I think uh, we're not talking anymore. <laughs> about the recovery. About the recovery. Yeah, but uh, but uh, you know, if you sign, if you sign the uh, whatever uh, uh, agreement, make sure you read fully, and then if you're confused, just present it to your lawyer. Yeah. Make sure uh-huh. you know they proofread what you're supposed to be uh, liable for. Yeah, it, like you know, it could be free or it could take you to pay a certain amount of money, but. Uh, the, li- the nature of a uh, liability is very important, so you have to double check what you're responsible for in case you mm-hmm. cause any issues. There. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, all of DC is basically one giant museum. You know, everything yep. just has so yep. much <laughs> historical uh, importance. Can you imagine no, not, you go to the Lincoln important. Memorial and you know you knock off uh, you know uh, Abe Lincoln's nose by accident? I mean, <laughs> so there was one occasion that you know I try to create like a the pillow like shower from the uh, cherry blossom trees. It was the uh, end of the cherry blossom season, so all the all the fall, uh, the 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 petals they fall right naturally. Uh, sure, but in order to maximize the uh, the the beauty the of effect. the effect, <laughs> I I grabbed the branch and then shook it off, and like a few steps away, there was like a feather agent. Oh no! Was watching oh. us with a smile, and he came up to me that you know, uh, he didn't he didn't. He didn't do anything just to arrest me, but uh, he he told me that <laughs> he could take me to federal jail because oh, uh, what? because because of the uh, government I, property. I messed up. It's a federal government, a federal government property. <gasps> the trees yeah. are wow. part of their federal government property. Yep, yep, yep. So it could take me to the some serious court cases. Wow, legal yeah, cases. Man. You know, so if you pee a regular. Up, if you ever come to DC area, don't mess up with the cherry blossom trees. Don't even touch it. <laughs> don't even step on it. If there's any sign, make sure you read it. Uh, you know, just read all the conditions. You know, you 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 can read. Uh, wow. <laughs> you can find. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, like if you pee in a regular fountain in a regular city, you might get a fine, right? But if you pee in like the the reflecting pool, right? Yep. That's a federal offense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all federal offense. Yeah, because <laughs> um, you're on federal property. Yeah, just so you yeah. know, the more you know, yeah, just be, be respectful. <laughs> How do you know this, Ben? <laughs> yeah, just oh, well, be I, respectful. Yeah, anyway, I just know these yeah. things. That's all. <laughs> oh, all right. By your experience, <laughs> by, by your experience, or no, 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 not not with that. No, no, not in that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this next segment is brought to you by the Focus AF Summit. <laughs> I, have, I have, I have, I have something to um, share. Tea? Not tea, but something I um, saw. Did you hear me, babe? I talked about it yesterday in the office. Did you hear me? I wasn't in the office yesterday, but go you were, you were. Anyway, so my <laughs> most, um, my most recent, like my last wedding, there was an officiant. This is a good thing. Officiant there who was actually, um, you know, pretty, pretty experienced. He's, he's been doing it for over like 10, 20 years, whatever. So I thought he was very, um, he was very involved in the ceremony. The first thing when guests all sat down on the groom side of the, you know, chairs, like the whole five, six front rows were like all empty, right? No one wanted to sit, sit in the front rows. So, and then, um, you know, it was, it was like, a lot of people were like not not there during the ceremony. So um, before even uh, ceremony started, the officiant asked everyone to kindly like come move to the front of the uh, ceremony seats and fill in, you know, because like no one wants to look at the 
empty in the rows. aisle and yeah. empty rows in the front, right? It'll, you know, in photo and everything, it's not going to look nice. So I thought that was very nice. So he had, he had kindly asked everyone to come sit, fill all the seats in the front. And then what other thing he did was like, he asked everyone to come to the, the seats in the aisle, fill those in. Because, you know, when the bride and everyone's walking in, if those seats are empty, he's like, you know, it's not going to look good in photos. And he was very mm. considerate. And I thought this was like, great thing for officiants because, you know, they are in the front, they have the power, you know, a little thing. And, you know, what I thought was brilliant that he did after the ceremony, you know, their first kiss, he asked the bride and groom to, you know, look, look, look at the, look at the photographer to do a photo, right? But he made sure the bride and groom were centered. He asked me, he's like, are they, are they, are they centered? Um, if not, you know, I could have them move. So I actually, you know, had them like centered. I told them to move this way, that way. And, um, yeah, he was very helpful. I thought, I thought he was like, it was, it was good. I think I should, yeah. That's all add them to our preferred vendor list. I want, yeah, I want to see more of this. (laughs) And even before the guest came in and he was there early, he was there early at the ceremony site. And the centerpieces, like the, they had a round arch centerpiece and, you know, in the, in the front. It was off. It was off center. You know, that drives all of us nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he actually had, he actually moved it. He actually moved <laughs> it with the video guy. <laughs> and then he's like, awesome. he's like, yeah, he's like, guys, isn't this, isn't this off center? Like it drives me nuts. Like, so he had asked the video guy to like move it with, I was like, I wouldn't touch it. Liability. Right. But he actually had, it actually like had the video guy like move it and he actually had it like centered. I was like, oh my God, this guy is like amazing. And, um, That's awesome. Yeah, but then thought... he might get into a war with the floral guy. You know, I, I've been yelled at by florists <laughs> all the time. Yeah, What's but that? you know, yeah. they're, they're, they already speak. set up and they're left already. You know what I mean? Why is it off center? Number one, it's your job. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I, th- I thought he was amazing. I so Ben, you know, Ben, I if would... you can start your own sidekick like uh, celebrations with Ben Law or Terry, <laughs> being a officiant at the wedding, you could be very yeah, practical. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that might be my retirement the... plan. My, my retirement <laughs> plan. should be good. You can officiate uh, all Karis's weddings. Yeah. <laughs> why, why? Speaking of, <laughs> why am I the first one to be irrelevant? <laughs> we had um. <laughs> We choose a, a, a you. Couple, a couple <laughs> years ago, we, we had this really nice efficient. But what what kind of made it a little crazy was he was doing stand up comedy <laughs> while the guests while the guests were coming in. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, so yeah. he was waiting for the guests to to you know the shuttles to come. He's there doing stand up hour, and yeah. I was just like, this this is crazy. This, <laughs> I love am that, I man. really? Yeah, am I really like listening to this guy do comedy right now? He was definitely way? practicing his like his, routine. his nighttime <laughs> club routine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious! Oh my gosh, during the wedding. Yeah, that's what I do every Monday at seven o'clock. It's yeah. my routine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Ken, um, yeah. I, I, we really, really appreciate you hanging out with us yep. today. Uh, I think we've taken enough of your time, but but yeah, we we are so. Looking forward to to having you joining us on the stage on January 11th at the Focus Day of Summit. Um, if you guys would like to find uh, Mr. Peck online, <laughs> you can find him anywhere. Uh, Just Google him. All right, you guys can find find him. All right, it's uh, it's K E N P A K. All right, just Google him and you can find him. All right. Um, Did you know that I bought that domain from the packaging company who uh, ran uh, out of business in California? Ken Peck. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, I bought it from the auction. 
Oh, oh my gosh. So is it kenpack.com or is it kenpackphotography.com? Kenpack.com, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Sony.com oh, or Canon. Yes, exactly. It's like Sony. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it used to be it used to be campbackphotography.com. That's what I thought. Yeah, but yeah. it's campback.com. It's been it's All been right, campback.com for the past eight years. Yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> right. behind. Hey, I used to be Ben Law Photography too. I bought BenLaw.com. Also, yep, it was my ben, father's thing. Yep. Yep. Ah. Uh, it, yeah, it's relatively new that I got BenLaw.com. But things things are keeping your website so simple is very important for your business. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much how much was your domain? So it started with the five thousand and went all the way down to four hundred. That, that's, that's, that's when I snatched what? it. Because no one is buying Campac. Who buys Campac? Hours, hours. We uh, someone that like they owned it, and I think they wanted twelve thousand, and now I think they got it down to like four. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, I offered them, I think half, and they, they refused. So we're like, whatever. We don't it's, need it right now. It's down to it's, four thousand uh, or four hundred. No, it was they want four thousand for it right oh. now. For JR for, Photo, uh, right? For JR Photo. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. JRPhoto.com. Well, for the, um, I, I guess for the rest of your career, you're just junior for Tony. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We we do own Jenandrow.com. So yeah, uh, Ken, uh, their, their their domain is JR Photo NY. But the thing is, uh, they li they live and work in New Jersey primarily, right? Yeah. So we don't <laughs> know why it's York. NY. <laughs> from New York. It was so, 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 when them, so when people meet them for the first time, it's JR for they think it's JR for Tony, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so talk about not keeping it simple, but it works. We have no issues. It's like, hey, we have nice money you, coming Tony. in, we have clients. Yeah, you know, it's, it's either that or I had a a a bride stepmom call me junior one time. <laughs> you look like you could be a junior. <laughs> anyway, we, we, we've kept uh, we kept Mr. Pack long enough. Um, uh, we can't wait to see you at the summit. So if you guys want to check out our bloopers, behind the scenes, highlights, and all that good stuff, you can find us on Instagram at focused.af. Uh, if you guys would like to download this episode and others, uh, you guys can also find us online at focused-af.com. What else do I have to say? <laughs> That's it. Oh, and chirp, emails. Chirp. Hot topic. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> uh, on that note, are you focused the F? No. We are not. We got, we are. You guys know where to find us. We are. <laughs> All right. Adios, guys. Adios, adios, adios. Focus AF is a fun, business-focused podcast for wedding creatives. Co-hosted by award-winning husband and wife wedding photography teams, Ben and Karis. And Jen and Roe, where we help fellow wedding creatives with their sales and marketing. With laid-back conversations and real talk with some of our most favorite people in the universe. And with that being said, are you Focus AF? I am Focus AF today. We are Focus AF. I think I might be Focus AF. <laughs> Welcome to the Focus AF podcast.